you. Father, I thank you that you are God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that your people are here. You, you brought them here to hear what you gave me to, to say. And I have no doubt they'll be blessed as I have been blessed. So, Father, I, I, I ask that you would just hide me in your word, that you would speak through these lips of clay, that you would have their ears to hear and they would have a heart to hear and feel what you are saying to them and that they could use it to take it out and bless the world with it. And we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. amen. You know, I am a, you, you all ever seen a blessed man? Amen. Look up here. I am a blessed man. I'm blessed in so many ways. First of all, you're looking at a preacher who had stopped preaching. And I had stopped preaching for whatever reason. And I come from a line of preachers. My grandfather was a preacher. My dad was a preacher. Here I am. I never stopped witnessing the people and telling them about the goodness of God, and he never stopped blessing me. And, I'm, and, and the way I got back to California was that uh, I had moved with a company. They moved me across the country. And we were living in, in uh, Michigan. My wife, when we left California, said, I will never come back to California again. If you come back to California, it'll be without me. I had nothing to say to that. The good news is, after we had been away for about eight, nine years, I was watching a football game one day at the house. And she looked at me and she said, you don't look happy. I'm happy. No, you don't look happy. I know you want to be back in California with your children, with your grandchildren, with your great-grandchildren. How many of you know that was the Holy Spirit? So she said, but the challenge is, because I had retired from a company. She said, the challenge is, how are we going to afford to move back to California? And I said, baby, we didn't have to pay to come here. We're not going to have to pay to leave here. God will pack, will have people packing the boxes, our cars, everything. We'll come back here. A week later, I was in her office. We have a real estate business back in Michigan. I was in her office. I was putting together a, some office furniture, and the phone rang. And a gentleman who I hadn't talked to in about six or seven years, he said, Lee. I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, this is your interview with General Motors. I said, what? He said, it's your interview with General Motors. All you have to do is say yes. 
and we will hire you. He said, I heard that you wanted to move back to California. I heard you wanted to be with your grandkids and your kids and your great grandkids. And I heard that that's what you wanted. And so all you got to do is say yes. I said, well, you know, I have to I have to pray about it. He said, well, why are you praying? We'll move everything you got. He said, and Lee, I just need you to be there. You don't have to work hard. I just need you there. And he said, I'll pay you what I'm going to pay your boss. Who but God? And so they moved us. Let me ask you all a question. First of all, do you do you need more faith? Anybody? Well, I got some good news for you this morning. Because you don't need more faith. You need more love. And I can prove it to you in the word. So let's start with Dave. You want to put the, uh, the the love scripture up there for the for the month? Okay. Can everyone see that? All right. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. And we know the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about God's love. The if I were to give this, you all may be seated. If I were to give you a title for what I'm going to share with you this morning, it would be the power of love. And I promised the Holy Spirit that I would do exactly what he said to do while I was here today, not to hold anything back. He told me to do something and I'm going to do it right now. He said that I would be walking down this side of the church and he would tell me something about you all. So the Holy Spirit is saying right now that he's about to move you up into a new situation. You have been patient. You have been long suffering. And now he's going to give you a prize of life. You don't have to leave where you are. You have to trust him. He'll move you when he needs you where he's going to take you. Amen. 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 Amen.
You've been hurting. You've been in pain. And the Spirit's saying to you, trust. Love the person that hurt you. Love them to the point of where they can't do anything but love you back. You receive it? Amen. What is love? What is God's love? God's love is agape love. What is agape love? Here's what agape love is. Agape love is the stuff that holds a marriage and a family together. Through all kinds of seasons... It's the selfless, unconditional type of love that helps people to forgive one another, to respect one another, and to serve one another day in and day out. Hmm. Now, let me give you an example of agape love. Three years ago, my sister's in the audience, praise God. Uh, three years ago, my daughter was severely beaten. I happen to have been in um, back in Michigan when I got the call. And my first reaction, my flesh, was that I just need to get on an airplane and get ready to go to prison. And that was my intention. But God. And I told him, I said, that's that's what I'm going to do, Lord. He said, well, Lee, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah, what, Lord? He said, "Uh, is the man that beat your daughter up, isn't he the father of your grandson? I said, yeah. He said, well, if he's the father of your grandson, what does that make him to you? So, well, it would make him my son. He said, would you kill your son? I said, no. He said, then you can't kill him. And he said, what I want you to do is explain to him that he is your son. And because he is your son, you need to tell him about my son. And so when I got back, I, I called him. He didn't pick up the phone. Surprise, surprise. But I text him what God had told me to text him. And he texted me back. And we began to have conversation. And over a year, we had conversations. And during that year, he said to me, how can you love me after what I've done to your daughter? I said, I love you because the love of God is in me. And that's that's what I'm supposed to do. 
He said, I never met a Christian like you before. And after time, he accepted Christ. He started reading the word of God. And now when, when he calls a house or when I talk to him, I say, how you doing? He said, I'm blessed. The point that I want to make with that, that story is that who do you know that's hurt you? And, and why did they hurt you? Did, did they hurt you because they didn't like you? They didn't love you? The deal is you must love them. Pastor says, love the hell out of them. <laughs> and when you do that, you, you make their lives better. Amen. You see, we're all put here, not by accident. We're here on purpose. Amen. And everything that happens in our life happens to drive us closer to the Holy Spirit and to God. And the reason that is, is because whether you all know it or not, there's a book in heaven with your name on it that's written for every day of your life, of what you're going to do. It's already written. But the enemy, where does it say, uh, John 10, 10? He comes to, to kill and destroy. What, you know, the first thing it says, he comes to steal. What is he stealing? Well, he wants to steal the word from you. Because if he steals the word from you, he's going to get your faith. If he gets your faith, you become of non-effect. Then he can destroy you. So because you have this book and, the, and he knows there's a book. He can't read it, but he knows there's a book. And he's going to do everything to distract you. To distract you from the word of God. To distract you and weaken your faith. Earlier, I said, do you, do you want more faith? There's a scripture. If I can get to it here. In Romans 12, 13. I'm sorry, 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. I'll keep you jumping around, Dave. Trust me. <laughs> All right. And it reads, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt, has dealt, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Keep that thought. Let's go to Galatians 5 5. And in Galatians 5, 5, it says, we 
going to read 5 and 6. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So your faith works to the degree that you love. But the struggle is this. You've heard and read in the scriptures where it says if you have the if you have a double minded man, he's unstable in all his ways. That's in James. I used to think the double minded had something to do up here. But it doesn't. You see, your spirit, when you accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, you have now the mind of Christ in your spirit. But you got a mind up here that's a bad neighborhood. And so what happens is when the mind of Christ speaks and you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. Then the bad neighborhood says you can't do that. And it will keep talking to you until you bring it into captivity with the word of God. What? Are you doing when people when 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 the Lord says, I want you to go do this and your bad neighborhood says you can't do that. My wife said to me uh, because I was in Michigan last week and she said, "I, I want I want to take you to Michigan. I want to pay for your trip. Take care of everything. You don't have to pay for nothing, honey. Well, how can I turn down that offer? But the bad neighborhood said, you need to stay. And sometimes in the bad neighborhood, it will give you a religious reason to stay. So the bad neighborhood said, well, you know, if you go, you're going to not be there for the men's uh, Bible study on Saturday. And you haven't missed a Saturday. I said to my wife, honey, I, I, I should stay because, you know, I got the men's. Thing. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, honey, you said you would go. Do you know that when you are a believer and you're a man or a woman of God, Jesus has character and you must have character. Character says when you say something, you do something. So I said to her, baby. Okay, I got to be a man of God. I told you I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep my word. I'm going. As soon as I said that, the spirit in me said, because I have need for you in Michigan. And he said, I want you. He gave me the name of the person. He told me what to say to the person. And and, and he said, look, that's why you're getting a free trip. This ain't nothing. You're on assignment, okay? And so when we got to Michigan and landed, uh, my daughter picked us up, and she happens to know the individual, and I asked, how is he doing? And she went off. He's off, he's off the hook. He's doing this. He's doing that. I thought, hmm, that's why I'm here. 
So I went by his establishment the next day and I said to him, you know, I have a message from God for you. He said, well, you know, I'm pretty busy. How many of y'all are too busy to hear that message from God? See, you all, when you gave your life to Christ, you signed up in an army. You didn't, you didn't sign up to sit in these, these nice golden seats and just talk about how nice the Lord is. And Lord, I, I, you know, I tell you what, me and pastor's partners, that he is my friend. And I tell him stuff that I ain't going to tell y'all right now. (laughs) But the point is, if you're not reading the word of God, you don't know what to pray for. And you don't know how to pray. Because I'm going to tell you, this is not a prayer. If it be your will, Lord, stop it. If is a if is a word of doubt, there is no doubt in in the Lord. And when you start praying in doubt, guess what? You're not getting it. And then people say, well, I prayed, but I didn't get it. Well, guess what? You prayed wrong. Since I brought it up, Holy Spirit, let's go to Mark 11. And let's look at. The 24th verse, I believe. I'm thinking about Pastor Harold because he called me up and he said, Brother Lee, I know you're going to it's going to be a blessing. He said, now, don't get hung up on what you put down as notes because you probably won't get to him. (laughs) He's right. All right. So everybody there, Mark 11, 20. 23. So here, here's what, before we read this, I want you to get your head, your, your, your mind, okay? I want you to start thinking here. Stop thinking here. Think here, because that's where the Holy Spirit said, okay? I can prove it to you. My grandson yesterday, we, could, we, we created a game. Here's what the game was. I said to him, I, you read a verse and I'll tell you where it's at in the Bible. And he read a verse and I told him where it was at. He said, Papa, I want to do that. OK. I read a verse. Tell me where it's at, Josiah. Josiah said, I think it's in. I said, that won't work, brother. Thinking won't work. You got to come from here. And do you know that he gave me the, the chapter and the verse? Because once you start depending upon the spirit of God, once you stop leaning to your own understanding, here is where you lean into your own understanding. You get bad neighborhood. Don't go there. Get into the word. Now, here's how how you do this. So the 23rd verse says this. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. This mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart or her heart, but shall believe that those things which he or she saith 
shall come to pass. He or she shall have whatsoever he or she saith. What's the difference here? What, what are we talking about? How many of you all have problems? Raise your hand. Okay, all of you all that didn't raise your hand, that don't have problems, start praying for some problems. Because if you don't have a problem, you won't get closer to the Lord. You got to have some problems. As a matter of fact, hold your finger there. Go to James. Okay, I got 26 more minutes, so we got to move. Okay, here we go. Now, in James, somebody found it? Okay. Uh-huh. So, so, my brethren, that's, that's that one, right? Chapter one, verse two. Yeah, that's right. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, that's problems, okay? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Who had problems? <laughs> Good news is, it's to work your faith. In order to work your faith, you've got to increase your love quotient. When you increase your love quotient, then it says you're going to be patient. You're going to work your patience. But let patience have her perfect work. I love it when it says her. Patience says her perfect work, right? That ye may be perfect and entire, entirely, completely, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and give it that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not. You know what unbraideth means? Unbraideth means that God don't hold against you all that stupid stuff you did before you asked for wisdom. Did you know that when you ask the Lord to forgive you? He forgives you and he's forgotten about it after he forgives you. And the only person that's bringing it up again is you. Or some of your folks that you know that will remind you of what you did. But what you got to tell them, I'm a new creature in Christ. And all things that are old have passed away. Behold, all things are new. So now you get, good news is you got some problems, get happy. Read this scripture, James. Read it, become comfortable with it, apply it. Oh, it says patience, so that means it's not going to happen overnight, right? you got to be patient. You get to be patient. Go back to Mark. 23rd, it says, for verily I say unto you. Now, the, the reference of this is that Jesus was hungry. He went to the fig tree. The fig tree had no figs. He cursed the fig tree. They went into the city. They came back out. The disciples said, whoa, the tree is dead. Jesus is like, duh. 
Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he said, whatever you say. How many of you all have loose lips that have been sinking your ship? See, you're made in the image and likeness of God. God is a spirit. You're a spirit. You're in a meat suit, but you're a spirit. And because you're a spirit, you have the attributes of your father. Your father says, let there be light. And the light came on. He said, let the firmaments be separated. And they were. He spoke and it happened. Then he tells you here. His son says what you say. How many of y'all say things like this? Oh, man, it's wintertime coming. I always catch a cold. (laughs) Or how about, you know, that President Trump, I can't stand him. See, let me explain something to you real quick. Presidents and the people in the government didn't get there by luck. They got there because God put them there and he put them there because it's part of his plan. Nebuchadnezzar was a powerful king. But when Nebuchadnezzar got out of pocket, God put him in the field eating grass. And when you talk ill of someone, Christians... You are shortening your blessing. And you wonder why good stuff ain't happening to you. Because you are adverse with God. You are you are in enmity with him. He says that. I know the plans I have for you. To prosper you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God ain't going to give you what he got planned for you until you get in line with what he wants you to do. You keep saying to yourself, I've been praying and I've been praying and I don't know. I guess the Lord didn't hear my prayer. Believe me, he heard it before you said it. But it requires faith and faith worketh by love. Who are you not loving? All right. When you pray. Believe that you receive what you pray for. Now, let me clear this up for you. It's not believe what you pray for is going to happen down the road. It's believe that when you pray for it, it happened right then. And when you believe that it happened the moment you prayed for it, it will manifest. It will appear. But there's always a caveat. There's always something you need to do in order to activate what God wants to do for you. When you pray, forgive. As we heard last week. Last month, forgive. You got to start forgiving people. Start with yourself. 
Forgive yourself. When you ask the Lord, Lord, to forgive me, to forgive and repent of what you're asking for, he forgives you. The only people that's hanging out not forgiving is you. Forgive yourself. Let it go. Let it go. Love people. When you love folks, the love of God, they see it in you. They feel it. They, they, I don't know why I like you, Lee. There's something about you. It's the love of God. So you got to be bold, okay? Stop being bold. Let me tell you what bold is. Last uh, week, man, I had a busy week last week. The Lord was using me everywhere. I love it. He, uh, I, you know, I wanted to fry some chicken for the kids, and I didn't have any oil. Don't you hate it when that happens? So I didn't have any oil. So I said, okay, I'm going to go get some oil at Walmart. Holy Spirit said, now I want you to go to Safeway. I said, Walmart's cheaper. <laughs> That's how I talk with the Lord, okay? I mean, he said, uh, go to Safeway. I said, okay. I drove to Safeway. I drove, got a park right in front of Safeway, okay? Got out, was walking to the door. A young lady crossed my path. She said, do you have a cigarette? I said, no, I don't smoke. Do you have Jesus? She talked to me what she like. I tell her what I like. <laughs> she said, oh, I guess I know Jesus, the Lord. I said, really? Hmm. I said, oh, you know him, huh? She said, yeah. I said, that's why you want a cigarette, because you're having a bad relationship with your boyfriend, because problems are in your life, and you don't, you're looking for a way to feel better. She said, how do you know that? said, the Spirit told me. The Spirit told you? I said, yeah, you want to know about the Spirit? She said, yeah. I said, I happen to have it in my phone. I said, let me show you. I turned on my phone, put in uh, Romans 10, 9. I got the whole thing highlighted. I said, read that. She read it. She read it. She read it. She read it. She said, wow, that's pretty cool. I said, you have no idea how cool that is. I said, you want to get in on it? She said, yeah. We still stand in front of the store. She said, can we go over to the side? Because they might call the police on us. I said, I ain't worried about no police. She said, no, could we? Okay, we went over. I, I, I started praying. And I said, just, and I didn't tell her to repeat after me. I started praying. She said everything I said. Her hands were here. Then they came here. Then they came here. And when we were done, you know what she said? Whew. I feel like I'm drunk. I see it. That's the spirit. That's what that is. Okay. The Lord told me uh, uh, every morning I wake up, I say, Lord, what you want me to do today? So um, I think it was Friday, Thursday, when I asked that question, there was a, a young lady who was in the hospital in intensive care. She was in an induced coma. When I was in Michigan, she's my wife's cousin. When I was in Michigan, my wife got the call. We were in a store in Lowe's, and she started crying. I said, what are you crying about? She told me what happened. The Spirit said, I want you to go pray for her. I said, okay. My wife said, well, they said she got four days to live. I said, well, I don't think that's true because I'm going to go pray for her when I get back. Well, Thursday, Lord said, go see her. I went into the hospital 
And uh, the, the anointing was on me so strong that I walked right into the intensive care room where she was at and the nurses were working around me. The, the reason why that's, that's significant, because I'm in intensive care, they normally want you to put a mask on and gloves and a gown. They didn't even bother me, okay? I started reading the word to her. I asked, there was a, all kinds of deal, you know, all those meters and stuff. And, and so one of them was like 82. And I said, what is this 82? She said, that's her oxygen level in her blood. I said, well, what does it need to be at? A hundred. I said, okay. I said, oh, yeah, and, and, and she's going to come out that coma, too. The nurse said, if you can get her out of this coma, your God is something else. I said, well, he is. Before I left, it was tagging at 99. Okay? Oh, there's more. There's more. I left, and when I, and the Lord said, go back the next day, which was Friday. When I went in there, she was out of the coma. She was breathing on her own and it was running at 100. OK. And they said, well, you got to put on a gown in it. Oh, OK. They only got that yesterday, right? Or Friday. That same day on Friday morning, the Lord said, I want you to go to the hospital. That's what I want you to do there. And I want you to go see your cousin. My cousin is the same age as I am. He's 69 years old. He's been an alcoholic for as long as I've known him. Smoke, drink. And the spirit said, I want you to go and tell him about me. Because it's his last call. So I went to the house and I sat down with him and he started telling me all the things that had been happening to him, everything. And I said, hey, man, how would you like to meet me in heaven? He said, yeah, man, I want to do that. I said, well, you know, there's a way to get there. And again, Romans 10, 9. And I said, here you go. He said, I can't see it, man. This is too small. I said, OK, I'll read it. You repeat after me. And as he did that, he said, man, I'm starting to feel different. I said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God and he died and God raised him from the dead? He said, yeah, I believe that. I say, say it because, you know, the scripture says you got to believe it in your heart and say it. That's what the mouth. That's what your mouth is for. Okay, it's to speak the blessings of God, to speak his word. He said, man, I feel good. Great. Guess what? I'm going to see you in heaven. He said, oh, man, I, you know, I got this stuff in my chest and uh, you could hear it rattling around. I said, oh, take care of that. Had my oil in the name of Jesus. Get out of there rattling. He was, man, that's good. Well, my back, too, man. I said, OK, we can do. And his older brother was in the living room. And when I went into the living room, I told him what his brother had just done. Done, His brothers just cried. He said, I've been trying to get him to accept Christ. He said, I guess it was you that needed to come over here and do it. I said, well, praise God. So I'm going to um, challenge you all. 
Don't let anybody walk by you without finding out if they're right with Jesus. And when your bad neighborhood says, well, that, they might be mad at you. They might say something ugly to you. Let them say it. Yesterday, when we came out of the, the men's uh, Bible study, and by the way, men, if you haven't come to the men's Bible study, you need to get there because it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Amen. Quick story about the Bible study. Pastor, when I first came to the church, I told him the only reason I'm here, brother, is for you. The Lord told me to come here for you, to support you, to encourage you. And he said, well, yeah, man, you ought to come to the Bible, to the Bible deal on Saturdays. Once a month we have it, Saturdays. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but he never gave up on me. And I had, uh, I had officiated a funeral of my cousin in Hayward. And on the way home, he texted me. Hey, Lee, it was Friday night. Hey, Lee, we're having it tomorrow, man. Can you come? Can you come? I was like, I texted him back. I said, well, if my wife don't have any plans for me, please, Jesus, let her have a plan for me. <laughs> I might well be honest. Yeah, bad neighborhood. <laughs> and I called my wife. I said, hey, you know, pastor wants me to come to the men. Oh, good. Enjoy yourself. So I came that Saturday and I sat right there where mama's sitting. Some of that anointing she leaves in that chair probably got on me. And I just the Holy Spirit just spoke through me to what was going on in the meeting. And when it was done, I, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said, I've already told pastor what I want you to do. Go ask him. He was standing here. I walked up to him. I said, hey, Pastor, it's a great meeting. He said, yeah. Lee, I wonder, would you pray about leading this group? I said, I don't have to pray about it. The Lord told me. Okay. So you got to. I'm encouraging you all. You have the golden opportunity to witness to everyone you come in contact with. To show them the love. Don't just beat them up. Show them the love. Don't you just a sinner. Show them the love. You know what? Every murderer in the country will go to heaven when he gives his life to Christ. There's a young man who, who when he was, he was my son who died in prison, he and my son were good buddies. They grew up together. And uh, he, was, he murdered someone and he went to prison for life. And he sent me a letter and I wrote back in the letter, I'm praying that you be that you freedom, freedom. I'm praying for your freedom. I talked to him last week. He's out of prison. Twenty years he was in prison. He's out. Now, am I going to preach to him? Well, you know, if you hadn't done that. No, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus loved everybody. Love covereth a multitude of sins. If you start loving people, they may be ugly, but God will bless you in ways that you cannot even imagine. I couldn't imagine me standing up here preaching. Here I am. 
So what is it? Why don't you, when you go home to today, sit down with a blank piece of paper, because the Bible says you write it down and make it plain, okay? So you need to find out what the plan for your prosperity is. And the way you do that is you sit down and you just take the pencil, or if you're at your computer, and you say, Holy Spirit, I want to know what your plan is for me. And then be quiet. And out of your belly will come the answer to that. Write it down. And once you write it down, believe it and receive it and walk towards it. Don't rush out there ahead of the word. Pray, Lord, what you want me to do? Now that I know what, you, what I'm supposed to do, what do you, how do you want me to do it? And then be quiet again. And the Spirit will tell you what to do. Go to Safeway. Go to Safeway. Go to Safeway. And it will happen. All you need to do is trust God. How many, I mean, I hear people say they trust God. I can tell if you trust God. Because you don't worry about what people say. You're not concerned about what people do. You just love on folks. Okay? How do you love on people? Well, if, if, um, if somebody says something ugly about you or to you, smile. Why are you grinning at me? Because the love of God. What you talking about? Oh, yeah, let me tell you about it. You all are here specifically today for this message because God wants you to start loving folks. And he's delivering it. High schoolers. There was there was a, um, a, a, a an accident, tragic 